And now, The Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. technically savvy on the show yep <laughs> low marky thingies low marky thingies the here marky thingies crank up the volume just a tad so we've got a little bit more out of it oh now we have high marky thingies <laughs> very good very very good <laughs> my technical sidekick <laughs> yeah great all right let's let's do the thing jen <laughs> <laughs> right now that I'm laughing. Perfect. <sighs> People like to hear a smiling voice when they start listening to their podcast about their legal, yes, legal, not advice, non-advice, <laughs> non-advice based legal show, legal <laughs> info. Yes. <laughs> All right. Hi, and welcome to the Fine Print with Attorney Jen Rout. I am Attorney Jen Rout, and with me, as always, is my super techie sidekick, Ben Needenthal. Hi, everybody. It's good to good to be back and, and everything after our hiatus from last week's nonsense and, and yes. everything like that. So, yeah. Back so, to the legal topics. Back to the legal and stuff. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So, how's things going for you? Things are good. How yeah. about you? Oh, busy. Busy. Staying busy and keeping busy and all the busies and busies everywhere. Piles of busies just filling up my shop and everything. So. Right. Just Finally got our curtains up, which I'm jazzed about. They're fancy. Yep. Special shout out to uh, Gary and Angie Duff on that one. Some, some of my extended family, uh, my my uncle and aunt, and they came out and, and helped with that stuff. So did my mom and dad. Oh, big and, family uh, event. Yeah, it was it was great. It was really nice. And now the studio looks badass and cool. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Hence, techie. Before we went on air, I was using technical terms like the big wavy thingies. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She's looking at the screen where we're recording our our stuff in Adobe Audition and calling them the big the big wavy thingies and the little the little sound thingies. So, yeah. Yeah. Technical. Hence, hence he's techie. Yes. I am apparently not. Apparently. No. No, not apparently. You definitely. Definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. Mm -mm. Yeah. So what's going on? What are we talking about this week? Well, I have had a list of judgment debtor exams. Okay. Lately. So I thought we'd talk about that. I don't know what any of that is, but let's do it. Exactly. (laughs) So you have the misfortune to have a judgment placed against you. you, First of all, you said exams. So like you're taking tests about. Oh, no. Okay. What, what do you use? Okay. So when you say okay, exam. Okay. So a judgment debtor exam is when a creditor gets to interview you under oath okay. at the court. Okay. So, okay. So if I had just theoretically a credit card company, mm-hmm. I assume this would be, I went delinquent for probably longer than a long time. Like right. years would be my guess. Cause I know that six months is when. Most places consider it like charge off and then it goes to other collection agencies from there. And then depending on the balance, they file a lawsuit against you. Wow. And then often yeah. you don't respond, so you get a judgment against you. Or if the debt's valid, you know there's really no arguments to be made, so either way they get a judgment against you. Okay, so this is like worst possible case scenario when you don't pay your credit card bill mm-hmm. is basically what this is. Yeah. 
This is part of what you do for a living. Well, kind of. <laughs> So that sounds like an awful aspect of your job. It it really is. (laughs) But okay, so a creditor has a judgment against you. Okay. Um, and now they got to track down the assets because that's what everyone doesn't understand. Everyone seems to think we're in a magical Sue Happy society where you get a judgment, and then you put your hand out and like someone magically pays you. Right. Checks are written. Yes. Right. You see these big verdicts for hundreds of millions of dollars? That never gets paid out. Right. They normally settle for less than that and insurance company pays it. Right. Okay. Except in the event of a creditor's judgment against you, they're going after your money. Yeah. So they will petition the court to do a judgment debtor exam. And and it should be noted that the reason they're going after your money is because you spent theirs. Often. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it could be any number of judgments. So let's, for instance, I had a client who was in a car accident mm-hmm. and the driver was uninsured. Ah. And the damage was for much more than what his underinsured coverage was. Hmm. So he sued the driver and got a judgment. So now he's the creditor. Yeah. And the driver's the debtor. Okay. So we scheduled a judgment debtor exam. Okay. So it's not always. It's not always a credit card like company. Credit card company. No. Okay. All um, right. a contract goes bad, okay. and you get a judgment against a company or a person. So this is basically like when somebody, like somebody, is owed something else, and right. It's really all based on you get a judgment, right. and now you have to collect on that judgment. Gotcha. Okay. So it could be breach of contract, a personal injury thing. Okay. A credit card. Like someone actually collecting on a debt you owe. Right. It could be any number of things. Okay. But you have now gotten a judgment against you. And so the creditor, whoever won the lawsuit, moves the court for an order having you appear at court to be put under oath and then you get set normally in a conference room somewhere Yeah. to do a judgment debtor exam where the Creditor gets to ask you questions. Okay. And the questions are all about your finances. Okay. Your favorite thing to talk about. Yeah. Everybody's favorite thing to talk about. Right. And what they are doing is they are trying to find out where do you bank? Yeah. Is there equity in your car? Do you own a house? Is there equity in your house? What can they grab on to make you sell uh, or otherwise attach to collect on their yeah. judgment. Okay. Okay. Um, a lot of people will call me and say, how do I get out of this? I imagine the answer is you cannot. Correct. It is a court-ordered appearance. Woof. You get to be there. It may seem pointless to you. Yeah. So I had one client who there is, I, so to explain, this is a, she is a project client. Okay. Meaning she is pro bono. I don't charge her ever. Mm-hmm. She has a million health problems in yeah. and out of the hospital, on Social Security disability, lives off of Medicaid, food yeah. stamps. Like, she has nothing. Right. Um, she had something, like assets, before all hell broke loose. Right. So now she has a house that's condemned she can't get rid of. Wow. 
um, and all of these other things. Well, there's this credit card company that somebody had committed fraud <laughs> and ran up a credit card in her name. Man. Um, and I didn't know her at the time, so I couldn't defend that. Sure. So they have a judgment. Yeah. And they are trying to drag this woman into court for a judgment debtor exam. Oh, man. She's not healthy enough to go to court. Right. Okay. Yeah. So now we have issues. Right. So I got her her doctor to yeah. write a letter that said she can't sit in court. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then I moved the court for a permanent continuance. Yeah. Of the judgment debtor exam. Okay. Which they granted. Okay. Okay. That is rare. Yeah. And this week, the creditor has now asked me for all the loan paperwork on her car, which she's upside down in. <laughs> right. She had to have a vehicle. Yeah. Like, it's at 9% interest, which no Yeesh. one should ever buy a car for Yeesh. 9% interest. No, no. But she had no choice because her other one basically blew up. So, like, she's in a bad situation. Yeah. They're not going to get anything. Right. They are still pursuing it. Man. So to her, it seems pointless. Right. But they don't know all of those facts. Right. I mean, I've told them, but they don't know it. Right. So they haven't seen her financials. They know they're not going to be able to garnish Social Security. Like, they know these things. Right. But. They're still. it It seems to them for someone to have had the level of credit she had. That she has to be hiding assets. So they Weird. keep searching. Yeah. And it's like, seriously, people. Yeah. Beating a dead horse. Yeah. Not going to work. Right. But there are also a lot of shady people. And most of the attorneys who represent creditors like this are used to dealing with the, the slippery ones. Right. The ones who hide money. They change jobs. They right. never hold real employment, you know. Right, right. They're, everything's in somebody else's name, yeah. but it's theirs. Right, it's, right. You know, it's yeah. hard, tricky. Right. Um, but that's not always the case. Right. Sometimes it's somebody who's just genuinely just had a really awful run of luck. and. Right. Yeah, all right. Right. I have one client who didn't go to a judgment debtor exam. I assume that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. Now we have what's called a motion to show cause. Okay. As to why he wasn't there. Okay. So now I have to defend that. Yeah. He was out of the state. He's an over-the-road trucker. Okay. I moved to continue it. They said no. Hmm. And I'm going to give him some financial records. Yeah. But it's for a defunct company that closed two years ago. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Um, but you can have an order. It can be a contempt order. You can get a fine. In theory, they could w- issue a warrant for your arrest. That's very rare and a yeah. very specific. Um, mostly they're situations. just looking for money. They're looking for money, yeah. and they're looking to find out where to go garnish money. Gotcha. Okay. So what happens? You go to your judgment debtor exam, and realistically you're you're going to go before the magistrate or judge someone's going to swear you in right so you're under oath which means don't lie you can be held yeah accountable accountable and, yeah. for your lies yeah and then you go sit in a conference room with some attorneys yeah 
They then ask you questions about where you bank, all of your assets. They get all that information. They go back to the office and they prepare a garnishment. Hmm. And so then they reach into all your bank accounts and steal all your money. Not really steal. Yeah. Legally swipe all of the money out of your account. Yeah. Um, or they go through um, and confiscate tools. Like there's legal ways Man. to do these things. Yeah. Um, so that's what they do afterwards. Hmm. Um, if you don't want to answer a question, too bad. Yeah. You have to answer the questions honestly. Yeah. Um, does that mean if you don't know an answer, you can't say, I don't know? No. You you can answer honestly. Right. If they say, how much is your car worth? Yeah. I couldn't tell you that. Yeah. I could tell you yeah. what it is. I can tell you when I bought it. Right. Right. But I can't tell you. Exactly what the value of the, the vehicle is. Right. Yeah. Right. So it gets complicated. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are also worried about the privacy of their answers. Yeah. So that's why it's important to know that you're probably going to be set in some conference room where, you know, the attorney's writing down your answers. The right. attorney on the other side is going to know what your answers are. Yeah. But it's not like um, you're recording something that's going to go out to the public that the public can get that's going to have all your account numbers. Right. Right. Or your social security number or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We try not to let that stuff get into <laughs> public records. That seems like that would be kind of high priority for the legal right. community. Yeah. Right. If you do get brought in for a judgment debtor exam, I would tell you that's one of the best times to work out a payment plan. Okay. You might still have to go through the exam. Right. Because they want a safety net. Right. But realistically, that is a great time to say, okay, here's where my finances are. Right. Let's work this out. Right. And you work out a payment plan. Yeah. And you get done. And often you can settle for less. Yeah. Okay. So that's a great thing to do. The other questions I often get around debts is... When someone dies, who pays the bills and who's responsible? It's a good question. Yeah. Because, you know, creditors will find you. Living or dead, they will find, they try to come after you. They're very good at it. Right. So, creditors are, they have six months after the date of death mm -hmm. to make a claim in the probate court estate action. Hmm. So, when we think of debts, we have to think of three buckets. We have to think debts that can be collected out of your estate, right? which goes to probate, yeah. so your probate assets, right? debts that may or may not be able to attach to something outside of probate, yeah, and then secured debts, okay. so like a mortgage on a house. Okay. Okay. So generally speaking, you're- If you have questions about probate, we've got an entire epic saga of probate Yeah, there's lots of probates. So, yeah. Okay. So- First, if a single person dies, okay. generally speaking, their debts die with them. Okay. Okay. When one member of a married couple dies, it's slightly more complicated okay. and it depends. Okay. Um, so, any if your estate has to go through probate, so mm -hmm. let's just say you have a bank account, a car, and a house. Okay. 
pretty standard. Most people have these things. Right. And you did not have transfer on death, payable on death. So everything has to go through probate. Okay. Okay. Your creditors get to file a claim within six months of the date of your death Mm -hmm. to get some of those assets. Okay. Okay. If they don't, they are time barred and oh well. Yeah. Okay. If it never goes to probate, a mm-hmm. lot harder for your creditors to collect. Okay. All good reasons why you should have a good estate plan. Mm. Okay. Which leads us to the second bucket. And we have an episode about that too, by we the way. We do. Second bucket is the assets that go outside of probate. Okay. So, let's say you also had a life insurance policy with a beneficiary. All right. Let's say instead of that house not having a transfer on death affidavit you have done a transfer on death so your house automatically transferred to someone outside of probate your bank account was payable on death and your vehicle was transferred on death so we've now avoided probate same assets Mm -hmm. yeah at the moment of your death those assets become someone else's okay okay which means it's awful hard for a creditor of yours Mm -hmm. to go get the assets Right. Of someone else. Right. Okay. With some exceptions. Right. Okay. So that transfer on death on the house puts the house in someone else's name, mm-hmm. but the mortgage is still attached. Okay. Okay. So All it right. doesn't forgive the debt on the mortgage. Right. It's a secured. What about vehicles? Same thing. Same thing. Okay. I was going to ask because those are kind of. The two big giant those are the items. big two. Yeah. Those are the two that everyone has. They are titled assets. Yeah. Okay. Um, and a surviving spouse can go transfer two vehicles into their name. Yeah. Without probate. Okay. All so right. that's why you have to do single versus married. Right. Um. But generally speaking, it's only the estate that is responsible for those debts. Okay. So the executor or the administrator or the surviving spouse. Yeah. Is not obligated on the decedent's debts. Okay. Okay. All right. But what's important to note, especially for the surviving spouses, if you are joint on those accounts. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, husband and wife, husband dies, but they're, you know, they're both signers, authorized buyers on a credit card or mm-hmm. something like that. It's a joint credit card. Joint credit card at that point. So, right. Yeah. Or if, um, what if it's same scenario, but the another authorized signer is just for argument's sake, wife's sister for some weird right. reason. So authorized signer is not the same thing as joint account. Okay. So I, I could make you the an authorized signer on any one of my credit cards. Okay. I am ultimately responsible. Could you do that, please, by the way? No. Okay. <laughs> Good try, though. Please? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Trying to pay off debt, not add to it. <laughs> okay. So, you know, that's what you're looking... There's differences. So okay. if you're joint on the debt versus authorized. So, okay. like, you can authorize someone to access your bank account. Right. They are not on your bank account. Gotcha. Okay. Those kind of things. I can have authorized check signers. Gotcha. Still my account. I'm responsible for their actions. Yeah. Okay. Those kind of things. Um, Funeral bills. Okay. Funeral expenses get a top priority. Right. Um, Ohio, and it's different by state, Ohio now permits um, a person to 
execute a document that specifically authorizes a special representative to make arrangements and pay for those arrangements. Often what happens is if someone has life insurance, life insurance pays the funeral home first and then whatever's left goes to the beneficiaries. Yeah. Because that's the only way funeral homes get paid. Mm-hmm. So they get a priority there. Okay. All right. Um, you know, and if there's not enough money in an estate to pay debts, it's kind of like a personal bankruptcy under federal law. Okay. Um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, depending, so let's just say there's a hundred thousand dollars in assets and $200,000 in debt. Okay. Well, so then we look at the type of debts Mm -hmm. and we go through it that way. Okay. Um, and there's priority. So like first when it's probate, you get cost and expensive expenses of administration. So that's the court's filing fees. Mm -hmm. Notice they get paid first. (laughs) Your attorney fees. <laughs> Damn governments and attorneys. Right. Expenses. Yeah. Okay. Second, funeral expenses up to okay. $4,000. All right. Third, there is an allowance of $40,000 made to the surviving spouse and minor children. Yeah. Okay. Then we go to federal taxes, expenses of last illness, um, an additional amount for funeral expenses um, if it was more than 4000 most funerals are 6000 or 8 Yeah. Um, nursing home expenses, then state taxes and Medicaid reimbursement. Then we get to the manual labor um, that had been done for decedent within 12 months. Okay. Um, up to $300 per claimant. Interesting. Okay. So, like, if, if, so yeah, if, somebody... if you were in your last, if you were ill. Yeah. And you needed... In home care, right? Yeah. So you get miscellaneous laborers, yeah, doing that for up to three hundred dollars. Okay. And if they hadn't been paid yet, all right. Okay, which again, all of that makes sense. Yeah. Then miscellaneous other expenses and debts unsecured. Okay. So that's how it looks. Mm-hmm. Secured debts still get priority because right. in order to sell that house, you got to yeah. pay off the mortgage to clear the title. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So the mortgage companies don't generally file claims because they don't have to. Right. Because <laughs> they're secured. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. So that's how it happens. Okay. Um, a creditor, uh, occasionally, mm-hmm. um, if no one is stepping up to file a probate action, yeah. a creditor can ask the court to appoint a representative yeah. and open an estate. Yeah. So this happens when someone's a, a creditor is ex, believes that people are holding out for six months. Okay. So, because after six months, you can't yeah. make a claim. Right, right. But lots of estates get opened after six months. Okay. So let's just say a creditor's owed $50,000. Mm-hmm. They can force an estate open hmm. if no estate is getting opened. Huh. Okay. By filing with the probate court. Um, other things as far as liabilities with health, like medical bills, mm-hmm. often a spouse will be liable for medical bills. Okay. Most medical providers will work with you or forgive those. Right. They're, they're pretty easy to work with. Yeah. Um, 
But that's the only other real exception to that yeah. whole okay. um, debts and yeah. fun things when someone dies. Yeah. Huh. Good times. Right. We like to have the happy topics. Yeah. But yeah. realistically, that's like, like for instance, I have a ton of law school debt. Yeah. Some business startup debt. If I get eaten by the bear tomorrow, my debt dies with me. Yeah. No one else is affected. Yeah. Good luck with that. Take that, society. Right. Ha! Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Blame the bear. You know. Right. Bear's fault. Yeah. yeah. Right. But my life insurance that gets paid outside of probate directly to beneficiaries. So. Hmm. Good luck. Yeah. Come get my car. Yeah, I guess. Sure. I mean, yeah. You know. Yeah. Interesting. Not a lot happens. Yeah. But that's all important things. So you yeah. don't want to be caught off guard. Because someday and, even you are going to die. Yes. That's. But really, we want to protect during life. Yeah. And well, planning don't ahead. Run, and yeah. don't run from creditors. Like, yeah. deal don't. with them. Yeah. Because, frankly, the, the more times your debt gets sold to different collection agencies, the more ruthless they become. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they get nasty after a while. Yeah. Right. Right, Ben? Because you had to used to call and do collections work. I was in like the, when I did it, you I were worked. In stage one. Yeah, I worked. Yeah, I was like literally like, I was in the, that was in the program for people who got themselves onto a program because they had low income or whatever it was and then missed their payments from there. So like I was calling oh. on the people like with the worst possible scenarios for each one of them. And it was just like at one point I was calling a little old lady who was right around the holidays and trying to muscle her out of money and she's like well if i pay you then i can't have my heat on and i was like oh i can't do this anymore <laughs> and i just stopped working so it's kind of an office space thing i just stopped doing it oh i couldn't do it anymore i just i felt so awful about it you know but yeah no but no we had all kinds of folks there from you know, 30 day delinquent all the way up to like charge off, which was like six months or more. And, mm. you know, yeah, yeah, that was a, uh, that was not my favorite job I've ever had. No, I would enough. imagine not. I'm, yeah. I'm shocked. Yeah, I know. Right. A creative type, not liking yeah. to make collection calls and kick little old ladies out of there. Not my cup of tea. No, 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 no not Mm-mm. so much. So, so yeah. happy fun times. Yeah. Good Yay. times. Good times. Pay, pay your bills. Yes. And in general, old fallback, don't be a jerk. Yeah. Yep. Or a dick, whatever, you know. Yeah. (laughs) So I am now looking forward to your lawyer joke of the week. And this on a little happy note, mainly an insulting note for me. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Before that, though, we always have our housekeeping. Do we have any major announcements from you? No, no major announcements for me. All right. Well, that's easy enough then. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. That's our primary landing page where you can comment, get news, suggest topics, or ask questions. If you are already following us, thank you. We love you. You can also follow Boxland Media on Facebook as well. We do lots of things, up to and including putting out the fine print with Attorney General out every single week. And uh, if you want to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, you can find me on both of those places. Uh, Instagram as well. I'm I'm at the Almighty Ben on Twitter. Uh, I've been a little quiet lately just because we've been a little busy. And, and Jen has been exceedingly quiet on Twitter since basically the beginning of Twitter because she doesn't do it. I don't. No tweeting. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> if you are new to the show, welcome. We hope you come back. 
If you like the show, we would appreciate it if you could take a few minutes out of your very busy day. Head on over to iTunes and rate and review us. It helps us out with our visibility on the world's largest podcast repository. And finally, we would like to thank you, our listeners. It is because of you that our podcast exists. Uh, If you like what you hear, please remember, subscribe, share it with friends. Sharing is caring. You know, if you think somebody might, uh, you know, benefit from some of the uh, the stuff we've talked about on here you know maybe just send it over to them but uh uh beyond that thank you very much for listening we appreciate it and uh we have we have more to come and uh jen would you like to hear this week's lawyer joke of the week absolutely all right this is sort of a two-parter um mm. and i like it because i think it's uh it's funny mm. uh <laughs> <laughs> that's, I don't that's, already. that's the best way to tell a joke is to tell people ahead of time. I'm going to tell you a joke now and it <laughs> and is funny. You're going to laugh. And it is a funny joke. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, what do you call one lawyer thrown off a bridge into a river? I don't know. Pollution. Oh. What do you call all the lawyers thrown off of a bridge? Oh, I don't know. A solution. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that just it's wrong. funny and it rhymes so yeah <laughs> oh, so that's good poet. yeah mm. well until next week folks i'm ben needenthal and i'm attorney jen route reminding you as always that ignorance of the law excuses no man from following it all right folks we'll see you next time this program is meant to be informative in nature does not constitute actual legal advice or form an attorney-client relationship in any way. Views and opinions stated in this program are solely the views and opinions of the speaker. Each situation is different. Always consult an attorney in your state to analyze your specific legal needs. This program may change your views of attorneys in general, as they are not what they seem on TV. I mean, seriously, could the main character in Suits actually exist in real life? Boxland Media Think big. This week's support for the fine print with attorney Jen Route comes from Thrivent Financial. For more than 100 years, Thrivent has offered financial guidance about saving, spending, and sharing. Thrivent helps more than 2.3 million member owners be wise with money through its broad range of products and services, including life insurance, annuities, and mutual funds. To learn more about what makes Thrivent unique, contact John Grolo, FIC Financial Associate, at 614-567-7141.